We're two self-care experts, a massage therapist, and a licensed professional counselor, husband and wife and parents of three, business owners and working professionals, who have intimate experience with stress both professionally and personally. Our podcast aims to teach the everyday professional how to live through the stresses in life while learning to be their best in life. This is Living a Stress Life Podcast, and this week we are going to be picking up on a subject that we kind of talked about last week. Uh, The subject we discussed last week was infidelity, and so we had a really great discussion, a lot of great feedback, so um, please jump in, um, give your input. If you have something to say, if you have a question, don't hesitate to ask. For those of you who are tuning in on the podcast and who are not watching us live, we record every week um, doing a Facebook Live while we're also recording for the podcast. And so if you hear us responding to the comments or laughing, sometimes we don't we forget to read the feedback. Just bear with us or go to our YouTube page and check out the video if you would like to see the video and be able to see all the comments that go along with the, the audio recording. Crowd um, participation is a must. So if you have questions, comments, don't be scared. Go ahead and ask your questions. Post your comment. We like to have an interaction when it comes to these discussions. Yeah, so this week, our title is, Is It Worth It? Infidelity, Divorce, and Life After Marriage. Is it really worth it? So we're talking about a few things, but we're kind of picking up where we left off talking about infidelity last week. And um, I'll kind of touch some of the points that we touched last week in, in last week's discussion just talking about infidelity i won't go through you know the definition of infidelity and all of that you want to get all of that information check out last week's podcast but we talked about different reasons why people cheat and i think that's very crucial that we kind of go back through that in light of the foundation for today's discussion because we're going to be talking about some additional things that go um, along with relationships when it comes to why people hop out of relationships. And so um, a few of the reasons that I listed last week for um, different reasons people cheat was lack of affection, loss of fondness and caring for your partner, uh, poor communication. When someone has like some type of physical or mental health issue or disability, addiction, unresolved problems, just baggage from um, previous relationships, as well as um, we talked about emotional immaturity. And there were a few others that you mentioned, right? Um, Yeah, pretty sure it was. (laughs) (laughs) That was last week. You hit me with that. We were going to do a recap thing. You know what I mean? So they're going to have to go check out what we talked about last week on that one. Okay, yes. Check it out. So... Listen, you know, kind of going <laughs> over the different reasons people step out on their relationships are unfaithful. One of the things like we really kind of want to talk about a little bit more is when you focus on what you're not getting in that relationship. Sometimes it doesn't even have to be infidelity, but a lot of times we know that infidelity leads to uh, it highlights other issues in the relationship i mentioned last week that a lot of times we treat cheating and infidelity as if it is the problem instead of a symptom of a problem Mm -hmm. and a lot of times 
infidelity is actually a symptom. Just like when you have some type of, you've been exposed to some type of virus or bacteria, a lot of times we focus on the headache or the fever or the body aches and we treat or take medication to make those symptoms go away, but not focus on the root cause by, you know, improve, increasing our vitamin C or vitamin D or whatever we need nutritionally to be able to improve our immune system or support our immune system. So if you think about that in relationships and think about what the immune system of a relationship is, it's really the, the, the foundation of the relationship, the, the, inner workings of the relationship that make it successful instead of focusing on that a lot of times we're so traumatized from the actual act of infidelity that we just put all of our focus on there but really that's a lot of times not the reason why people step out of the relationship and so it's kind of important to to be mindful of that but i was really interested when i was doing my homework for this week's discussion to find that only According to the we latest... We do our homework, y'all. We do homework. Yeah, we ain't just saying stuff out the side of our neck. So we actually do some research because we want to we wanna bring some factual information. You know, my wife, she's a um, mental health counselor. And we want when we come and we bring um, this information, it's not... Some of it is our opinions, but most of it is factual. So we do our homework. I would say homework. most of it's a 50-50. You think it's 50-50? I think we laid a foundation for our pens with facts and statistics. There you have. <laughs> but I found when I was looking for, um, doing the research for this week's homework that the latest statistic that I found, and I forgot to write down the year when it came to um, infidelity, ending a marriage, and divorce. It was, it was only 17% of marriages actually end because of infidelity. So that's a pretty low percentage for infidelity. But infidelity. So what's the major reason most of uh, marriage ends? Well, most of it has to do with um, communication issues. What I found is that... And economic um, or financial. Financial, yes. But the highest percentage, which I forgot to write down and then couldn't go back and find it, um, was related to actually communication issues or mm -hmm. value issues in a relationship which is really a good portion of what we want to focus on is the issues people run into when they go hopping in relationships or out of relationships. And I, I let Lamar kind of pick up with this YouTube yeah, video. Yeah, so it's a YouTube video. So I watched a little bit of Kevin Samuels. If y'all know Kevin Samuels or follow him, he's the guy that talks about high-value men and high-value women. And But this oh, particular yes. YouTube video was by Coach Greg Adams. And in this video, he talked about what are women really bringing to the table. And at first I was like, wow, I had a friend of mine send it to me because he seen our last podcast. And I was like, I was really appreciative uh, of that, um, Tom. So I appreciate that, TJ. But some of the points, one of the major points he talked about in this video is that he compared the roles of what a good husband was and a good wife in the 1900s compared to today. So he found that the actual role for a good husband hasn't changed since the 1900s. So some of the things that women like and want from a good husband are still the same today. For instance, um, a good husbands are expected to provide for the household. They're expected to be the leader of the home. 
discipline disciplinarian, decision maker, but they also take into account their wife's opinion in making decisions. They are um, expected to be the protector and role model for the kids and provide level-headed guidance and leadership for the family. So those roles typically hadn't changed since the 1900s. It seemed like a, a lot, too. It seems like a, a huge <clears throat> responsibility for for those past men. And, and now. And today. Um, but here's the kicker. The role for the women. I'm going to give you what the role of a good wife was in the 1900s. Right? So check this out. <laughs> they were responsible for cooking, sewing, decorating, cleaning, and laundry. Now, if they had the capability. Um, financial capability. Financial capability. They would get higher help to help with some of the chores around the home. The housewife was actually a special term back then. Homemaking was an art form. So it was respected, right? It was respected. When you found a good wife, there you found a good homemaker, that was like a, being a president and CEO of a bank. That was a respectable position, position to have. They were expected to provide children if the husband wanted them. And also to teach them manners and etiquette. And they were also expected to have a good temperament to keep a, ha a happy household. Now, of course, we all know that a lot of those roles have changed, would you say? I don't know the statistics, but yes, it does appear for many families, at least black families, most women are not in the home. So his argument is... If we're expected to do the same thing since the 1900s, why, what are we getting? What are you bringing to the table, really, as a black female? And me and Lamar went back and forth uh, on this conversation because there were different things that I disagreed about when it came to the fact that men aren't getting, getting as much from women when they enter in a relationship and we're assuming they're entering in a relationship where those two people are equal in terms of education and, you know, income or salary or, you know, socioeconomic status. Right. My thing was my first argument was even though this article that he read or this, you know, whatever this was that he read about the modern woman back in the, or the, the roles for women and Why men. You say it like whatever this was. I mean, the I, man uh, made what? a valid point. No, I'm saying whatever it was. I don't know if it was an article. I don't remember if it, it was, was YouTube. a video. Oh, yeah. Okay, Coach so. Greg Adams on YouTube. Follow him. A lot of stuff probably make your women mad, though. But, but my, <laughs> my, first, my first argument was that even though he, he was make, positioning it, positioning women or the homemaker as a respected um thing back in the day, there were a lot of women whose men stepped out on them, right? There were a lot of women who were just treated as almost like the children, like they didn't have a, a say-so mm -hmm. because they didn't bring anything to the table financially. Like women were to be seen and not heard. And so even though having a homemaker wife that, you know, could raise respectable children and, and make sure, you know, that the house was well kept and could cook her butt off, she was also seen as something to own. She was seen as 
a man's possession and not necessarily his prize always. Mm. She was only his prize when it came to parading her around in society or other men. But you're speaking very general, right? Well, right. based on what we know about that those that era or these So that things. only happened then? No. It still happens sometimes today. But this is very general. This is my opinion and also my assessment of my interaction with past information in the role of the homemaker, right? Mm -hmm. But when you look at it today, after we've kind of um, westernize our society or women have been able to fight for equal rights and to be able to have more say-so about their dreams, about their lives, right? Women today, because of, especially in the, I'm going to just say black community, we found that women today have to work to be able to help the man provide for the household. Then you also got a lot of women who have who are single moms, right? And because of the shift in values in society, you got women who are having sex. And that was another point that he made. Like now today's women, they, you, they bring in less to the relationship and then they got 50 bodies on them. And my argument was like, hey, the women who come in with 50 bodies had to have 50 bodies they laid down with. But he didn't emphasize anything about the fact that even if the man is coming with something, he still done slept and ran through about 50 people. You know what I'm saying? And so I don't necessarily feel like women are bringing less to the relationship. I feel like we have more options in terms of our own personal future and our own goals and livelihood. And so we have less things that the man can really offer us. So we looking for something. We looking for something a little bit different. But men, we still had those same expectations. So this video was in response to a young lady who posted a video. And she had just divorced from her husband, husband, right? Which, in our research, we found out that 8 out of 10 women actually issue the divorce papers. They initiate divorce, mm -hmm. right? But then she was expected to go and find a high-value man right after that. Mm -hmm. So... The argument is this, you were in a relationship, you were in a marriage, you left that person, and like you said, less than 15% of that is for infidelity, mm -hmm. right? So if it wasn't for infidelity and you did try to work it out, your expectation is to then go and find a high value man. Mm -hmm. So this when we break down the statistics. I don't think that most people are really being realistic. And if you follow Kevin James, he has a YouTube, uh, Kevin... Isn't that Kevin James? Kevin Samuels, I believe. Um, he talks about high value men, high value women. What are your expectations? Mm -hmm. Hey, Tracy. Hey, Tamika. Thank y'all for watching. Hey, Cynthia and uh, Nikki and Tamika. Um, thank y'all for watching. So what he breaks down is this. Your expectation is to break up or divorce your husband, go out into a pool of men that you think is like, I guess you think this pool is very large of high value men, especially if you want to stay within your race. So we're just talking about black people for right now. If you want to stay within your race and you want to say date someone that makes six figures because you make six figures, do you actually know what that number is? Do you actually believe that you're going to find another, another mate, another husband that makes six figures? 
you initiated divorce maybe because you just decided you didn't like him. Maybe you have um, graduated to six figures and you felt like he wasn't there yet or he, he was too comfortable being a garbage man and you felt like you needed to leave him and do something else. Mm -hmm. But now all of a sudden you find yourself single and not being able to find another husband. So that's what we're going to break down today. Is it really worth it? Is it really worth leaving the spouse that you have, or not working through it, or relationship, and not doing your best to work through it, or thinking that, you know what, I'm going to go and find someone else that's in this predicament that makes the same thing that I make? I want you to break down those numbers for me, Tiffany, so, because Tiffany actually did the research on this, and she was able to break down the numbers so that we can see what's actually out there in this dating pool. Yeah, because... You know, the women who he's talking to, this particular guy, what was his name again? Uh, Kevin Samuels. Kevin Samuels, right. The, the women he was talking about were the women who fall in a very small percentage of women who are like high earners, right? They have high wage or high salary jobs. And hey, Abigail. Hold on. Just, I got to do some shout outs. Hey, Abigail. Uh, hey, Christina. Laquita. Christina says... A.R. Bernard has some literature for men. Um, he says women come down too often and men need to come up. Yeah, I, so, so that now... We're going to get to that in just a second. I and actually, I don't know if you want me to get to that because you know I give a whole history lesson <laughs> on that one. Because that's, that's deep. But... I and it, it is some truth that. to that. I do agree with that. But we also know that there are a lot of other issues. Tracy that, said it's cheaper to keep them. <laughs> <laughs> that provide some barriers <laughs> to men being able to come up to the same level as these high achieving women. So when I looked at the statistics, it showed that only 15.5% of Americans earn a hundred thousand to a hundred and fifty thousand. Let's say just anything over a hundred thousand. They're they're in, they earn at least six figures, right? So only fifteen point five percent of the American population. That's not broken down by race or or gender or even age, right? It's just broken down by the percentage of Americans in general. Now, the latest statistics as of twenty twenty show that. The median income for black families is just forty-one thousand, compared to white families where the median income is seventy thousand dollars. Hold on, the median income for black families is what? Forty thousand dollars. That's the median income. So median means average. Just in case y'all didn't know that, the average income for a black family. Median actually doesn't mean average. I think median means like in the middle. It's not actually an average. Well, good. There you go. Yeah. In the middle. Yeah. I guess I was wrong about that. <laughs> but go ahead. A lot of times we confuse those yeah. two, but I think it actually means the median mean the mid-income. But yeah. it's a lot of what times... What percentage of people make the mid-income? I ain't get all that much. Okay. <laughs> but a I'm lot of times it's really close to it's really close to the average. The median is really close okay. to the average. Gotcha. Um, now the lat the latest statistic that I could find was for the actual income of black males. The, as of 2009, the median income for black males is $23,738, right? That's the median income for black males specifically, mm. right? 
The median income for black males is what? As of 2009, it may be higher, but I could not find a statistic for 2020 mm -hmm. or even within the last 10 years mm -hmm. for black men, but it was $20,000. Mm -hmm. Now, I remind you, I said that 15.5% of Americans earn over 100000 If the median income for black males is 23000 that means that you have most men don't even come anywhere close to the six figures, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But... When I looked at the, tried to find a breakdown for how many black men and women actually earn over 100000 I couldn't even find a statistic for black men, a specific number. But what I did find is that black women accounted for 2.7% of the uh, the earners who earned over $100,000, right? 2.7%. Now, what I did find statistically is when you looked at the number of black men and black women who earned at least six figures... For every one one for every one and a half females, there was one black man. So for every one black man that earned a hundred thousand dollars, there was one and a half females. But if you looked at white people and our white counterparts, for every one white woman who earned over a hundred thousand a hundred thousand dollars or more, there was four and a half white men. So let me ask you this: That's in the United States, right? In the U.S. In hey, the US. Kim. Hey, Rebecca. So that's in the U.S. Yes. But does it also say, does it break down those people that are available? So here's another. No, breakdown. it don't even break down the people who are not in a relationship, married or. So you have to take out of that small gay. percentage that make over 100,000, which is what? Less than 2% mm -hmm. of black men. Out of that percentage, you have to take out the people who are already married. You had to take out the people that may be gay, lesbian, or whatever, right? You may have to take out the people who just you just don't like. <laughs> and you had to take out the people who don't live around you. Who, who are not who are not in your vicinity. Yes. So what does that actually leave you with? And I think a lot of times we um we can be we just don't think about that. We mm -hmm. don't think about that breakdown. So when we decide to get a divorce or decide to leave our husband or our relationship and not work through some of the simple issues. And we looking for these men that earn all this money. Like I want to do that makes six figures. Who's a go-getter who is an entrepreneur or who works high in corporate America, lawyer, doctor, whatever. And I'm going to tell you this. The reason we're saying we're using women who look for men like that, because typically men who make six figures, it really doesn't matter how much their wife or spouse makes because they're not really looking for them to provide. Mm -hmm. So we find that a lot of men who are making six figures or better understand that they have to be the provider. So they're not really looking for someone to provide for them or someone to match their income. Yeah, I actually found some statistics on that, too. I, I found statistics about the percentage of people when who remarry once they hop out of divorce. I mean, hop out of a marriage or get divorced. And it was pretty much saying that for men and for women who are 25 years or younger who have been married and are trying to remarry, they actually remarry faster. That the women who... Um, who get married after divorce, who remarry on their second marriage. They remarry faster? No. Men do. Men and women oh. who are 25 years or younger. Okay. Which, you know, when you think about 25 years old, like, you, a lot of people still are not in a place where they're ready to settle down these days. But 
out of those people, they remarry faster, right? right? Mm-hmm. We found the statistics found that black women have the lowest probability of remarriage. Um, also, it is increasing, but it found that the older you are when you divorce, the likelihood of you remarrying decreases. So, so can, can I? Yeah, but let me throw out the okay, other two ahead. statistics, and then you go. If, if I also found that over fifty percent of people remarry in less than five, in less than five years, the average time is four years, and eighty percent remarry. Mm-hmm. I mean, seventy five percent remarry by ten years. Those were the statistics. And a lot of people on average are about 55 years. Comments finally um, popped up. Y'all, I'm sorry. We ain't been seeing your comments. Uh, not right here anyway. Um, if, oh, I had to make them public. Oh, okay. Oh. And 50, it, it showed that um, <laughs> if you're 55 years or older, that's yeah. about the average age that a lot of people who've been remarried begin to remarry because they talk about the time frame it takes to to marry in the first place. You may be older or over 25 when you marry. To go through the marriage, divorce, then find somebody else, it pushes you into being older. So basically, so Kevin Samuels, he had an interesting dialogue with a young woman. And she was, I believe, 45 or 49, beautiful lady, um, six figures. Um, I read her major share of them. Okay. Yeah. So um, six figures, and she was married. She filed for the divorce. He asked her why did she file for the divorce. She stated that she was unable to bear him children. Not that he wanted a divorce because she couldn't have children. She got depressed because she couldn't provide children for him. And she felt like she was not worthy, so she filed for a divorce. Mm -hmm. He didn't understand that. So 10 years later, she was still unmarried, right? So, um, hey, Maisha, 10 years later, um, she was still unmarried. And he was like, so your expectation was to divorce him, find someone else that makes six figures or better at your age, which is 49, and you thought that was going to happen. So he actually broke down the pool of what's available to her. Mm-hmm. And once she listened and learned that it's kind of probably almost be impossible for her to find another person that makes six figures that's, that's actually, that actually wants to be with her. Because most of the men that make six figures, they want someone, a woman, they want to marry someone that can bear them children, not all the time, just very general guys, that can bear them children and that have not been through a lot of drama. Mm-hmm. And I think when we look at it, if we're, if as women, if we're being realistic, if a man had a chance to choose between somebody who's 40, let's, let's say the man is 45. Let's say he had a choice to choose between someone who's 40 years old, who's been married and and divorced, or who's been never married, possibly has a children, or who's not even been married, right? He's never been married. Let's say he has a chance to choose between an older woman with any of those scenarios and a younger woman who may be 28, never married, has no children, who is also um, doing well in her career and attractive both physically and, you know, seems to be um, 
well-rounded or emotionally healthy, who is he going to choose? Because the reality is if you could choose someone that you feel is younger and who is more appealing to you in terms of their physical appeal and can bear you children if you have none, why would he choose a woman who's the same age? And so my thing is, even if both of those women had the exact same, were the exact same, I could see why a man would choose a younger woman if he wants to have children, especially. You know what I'm saying? Because the older you get, the harder it is for you to have a child children and what i also found when i was doing my homework it talked about women who have kids that who are who remarry oftentimes their second marriages if they don't work out a lot of times it's due to stepchildren or them carrying baggage that was not resolved after their first relationship you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. and i think <clears throat> even though it made me upset to kind of listen to a man basically say women need to be realistic like if i'm being really honest about it i think sometimes we as women chase our expectations or chase our desires and not chase reality and sometimes they're not aligned you know no it was i'm sorry go ahead though um no let me say this mm -hmm. and then you can go ahead the other thing is a lot of times we romanticize or are not realistic about relationships yeah you know what I'm saying? Yeah. We and I think it has a lot to do with TV and and movies and things like that. Like we looking for men to sweep us off our feet. We looking for men who gonna wine and dine us. We looking for men who gonna put us in big houses and let us go shopping. And reality TV with this these housewives are setting these younger this younger generation up for failure. So I did a comparison. This is off what I was trying to say, but you just made me think about something. <laughs> Hold on, y'all gonna get it in a minute. So, <laughs> I did a comparison about, so you see, like, Love and Hip Hop. Like, that's my guilty pleasure. I like to watch Love and Hip Hop. She asked, she was like, why you watch that trash, right? It made me lose brains. But I love, like, looking at personalities. Ratchetness. I love looking at personalities. And I love looking at how people act and behave in certain realms. And then I look at our society here in Birmingham, right? And you have a lot of these young girls who is trying to imitate what they see on Love & Hip Hop. So Love & Hip Hop, typically you have a female rapper or a model or something. Influencer. Uh, influencer. She has a baby by somebody who has more money than her. And he goes around and has several children with people that look and act just like her. But to them, having that child is the status of getting some money. It's 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 a it's a status of providing stability for their family. That's what it's about. So yeah. But here, and this to bring it back to realistic to our realities, what you see here is the young girls, they might they might not be surrounded by that kind of millionaires, right? But it's a lot of little thousandaires out here that might be dope dealers or whatever. So they act just as ratchet. <laughs> they act just as ratchet as the people on there and they're gonna have all these babies. By all these dope, different dope boys. It is not the same. Yeah. It is not the same. So a lot of times you want to look at Leanne Torrance and say, I think those shows are bad influence on couples. I do too. Yeah. It's a bad influence on our youth in general. Right? If you can't look at it strictly for entertainment reasons, it's a bad influence. I think... Because they're following, uh, they're following a model that doesn't relate to them. 
realistically. Because the pool that they have, especially if they're not willing to leave Birmingham, the pool that they have is not the same pool that these people in California and Hollywood have. And I'm going to break that down to a statistic. Another statistic that I found when I was doing my homework. And I was surprised to see this on this website. Um, I can't remember the name, but it was something specifically to black demographics. And it basically said in the city of Birmingham, for every 100 full-time working employed women, there are 80 full-time employed working men. Say that again. For every 100 full-time employed working women, mm -hmm. black women, there are 80 full-time working black men. So what are the other ones doing? Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> but it just goes to yeah. show you, like, y'all out here trying to emulate <clears throat> reality TV, but the reality is that when you get to your city, it ain't even a, the same amount of men who holding down full-time jobs is the number of black women that are in this community. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and I agree with you, uh, Lee Antoine, that those shows are scripted. Yeah. They're not really reality. Right. You know, right. they they even drum up the drama. You know what I'm saying? They ask them to engage in conflict that sometimes is exaggerated conflict. There may have been one slight disagreement, but then it's exaggerated or embellished. But I, what I was going to say to to point you was making about the reality shows is the other side is, is if you're dissatisfied in your relationship, what it does is it kind of shines the light for you personally on your dissatisfaction. And so you go chasing something that's unrealistic when you're in a relationship. It's like this dude out here giving his wife push gifts. Let me talk about that, a push gift. Like a when what? a push gift, a What's push that? gift is something a man buys for a female. Mm -hmm. No, let me stop. It's something a man is supposed, like a man who's married, is supposed to gift his wife for giving a for giving birth to their child. And like mm -hmm. I understand oh, push gift. a push like gift. She pushed the baby out. Okay. She pushed the baby out. Gotcha. And I'm not knocking people who do that. But I just, when I look at where we are in society, you got promposals. Like, I was thinking the other day when we were really thinking about doing this podcast, like, how would I feel if my son is, like, spending money? Like, he, for one, he ain't got no real, like, he got a, a job that don't pay him a whole lot right now. But he out here spending money or more money than he's bringing in to do a promposal. To a girl that he might not even talk to after high school. You know after what I'm saying? After the prom. After the prom. <laughs> she may just be a friend he takes to the prom. Yeah. And you out here renting cars and getting billboards. Or my daughter, you know, has somebody, you know, doing the same thing for her. Just doing this whole proposal. Ooh. You know what I'm saying? My thing is, we look at the whole proposals or the push gifts. And it's like we materialized or put this materialistic association with all these milestones and life events and so when you look at this reality tv and see somebody got a bins because they turned 16 yeah or excuse me or i just i'm sorry or you know that the uh, girl is being asked out from some dude to prom and he rented a billboard like it has really caused us to chase things that are unrealistic. And so if you're in a relationship where you're unhappy yeah. and you seeing this on TV, you start having unrealistic expectations of men. And if the median income for men is 23000 if it's still close to that, then he ain't got no money, boo. Mm -hmm. He ain't got no money to rent you no billboard. He ain't got no money to get you no push gift that's a, a, a Benz 
or a Gucci purse, he can maybe treat you out to dinner, take you to Papa Dog's. And I think that that brings about uh, unrealistic expectations, right? So people, now you're expecting a push gift. Now you're expecting a proposal. And this is what... Let's this, read what Kim said. She said, it appears that many women are okay with being brought, bought, bought nowadays, yeah. and the men know it, and it's rather sad. Yeah. And men are literally risking their lives to be able to provide all this superficial stuff. So we found out that... Uh, what was their percentage? For what? One of the reasons men make more than women is because they take more of the riskier jobs. Oh, yeah. Right? So men are 10 times more likely to die on a job because they've risked, just say, working in the mines or going up on these big high buildings and constructing these buildings, right? They take these jobs so they can be a provider, so they can be seen by you, the woman, as someone that's worth dating and to also provide. They want to be able to be a provider. Mm-hmm. Right, because if we take it all the way back to the basics, and if you know me, and if you've been listening to us, I always talk about animalistic uh, behaviors because, to the core, we're just animals. It's about survival of the fittest, mm-hmm. right? And you're gonna make yourself the fittest so you can survive. So you can choose the woman you want, or the woman will want to choose you. You can bear these children, you can reproduce, and you can build. It's you just can like be respected. Peacocks. You peacocks. can be respected in your community. All these things. Yeah. All this stuff is animalistic behavior. Yeah, and if you think about peacocks are different males and different species. Like, I choose the peacock because a lot of times we never really realize that the peacock that has the most beautiful feathers are actually male peacocks. And yeah. they have those feathers to attract females for mating. All right, so you almost got me with the peacock, okay. man, because I'm, I'm like on a roll. <laughs> I'm sorry. And then you're talking about peacocks. But I'm just uh, but emphasizing I know I understand. your point. Yeah, so... Now, I was reading an article from Psychology Today by Dr. Rebecca Hess, right? Yeah. And she was talking about where does the modern man stand right now? Mm-hmm. Because all these men that were taking these dangerous positions, mm-hmm. they no longer matter to the woman who's making six figures. Now, we've seen that there's a lot more women making six figures between the age of 25 and, was it? 29. 25, I thought it was 30. 29. I think it's 25 to 34. Go look Baby, at it. Baby, the paper is right there. It's okay. 25 to 29. I, I said it to you. I think she wrong, cuz. Just pull but, the paper. <laughs> but oh anyway, it's God. a lot more women making six figures than black black women. Um, than black women, men making six figures in that age range. So now these men are like, I'm risking my life for nothing. Right? So now. Let me show y'all what this paper says. Hold on. 25 to 29. All right, 25 to 29. I brought right. receipts. <laughs> so she asked the question, what is the modern man today? Mm-hmm. And the answer was, we're not sure. Men are confused. They don't know what women want today. Maybe I've been trying to tell him that. We can never figure out what a woman actually wants today. If she's making more than us, where do I fit in? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Can are you gonna allow me to provide? Um, are you gonna allow me to lead? You know, are you gonna allow me to be the decision maker? You know, so a lot of people blame it on a feministic movement that's going on right now. You know, I don't want to stir no nothing, but <laughs> 
I don't think it's it's all about it's all it's this has something to do with it, right? But I also think about a statement somebody else made earlier. Why don't men just step up? Uh-huh. And you said something about, yeah. about that. I, well, when we look at it, you know, for black men especially and, and other men of color, because, I mean, that includes Hispanics and men of color, men of browner skin, right, or nationalities and ethnicities that are more associated with brown skin, they don't have the same opportunities. And me and Lamar have talked in in depth about how the way it is structured that white men always wanted black women. We see that back to slave slave days. That's why you got a whole bunch of mulatto babies still these days, right? That's why it was a whole bunch of mulatto babies back in the day because they were able to rape black women. But black women have always been considered desirable to white men. And so when you have a black woman and a black man come in for a job interview for a position that may be a higher paying job, they're going to choose a black woman, especially if she's more attractive. And it was really interesting when I was looking. And there's not a threat. So yeah, they're not um, a threat. Unfortunately, black men are still looking at looked at as a threat. Um, oh, Lord. Tamika trying to bring up a whole nother can of worms. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, we looked at it as a threat. I'll give an example. So we gonna to, come back to your comment, Tamika. Give us a second. Yeah, I'll let her answer. And um, <laughs> um, I was working at AmSouth Bank before it became Regions, right? And I applied for a promotion as a what was it? It was a what was the position, baby? I don't know. It was, it was something in the Oh, a loan officer assistant. So at the time, my homeboy was a loan officer at another bank. He was big time loan officer. And I was like, man, so if I get this loan officer assistant position, I can grow here and then I can go and work with him. Right. That was my thought. So the branch that this position was at was in Mount Brook. So I went to interview for the position. I was already working for AmSouth. I went to interview for the position. and. I blew the interview out of the water because I already worked in the mortgage department. I already knew all the mortgage documents. I already knew all of that stuff. I already talked to attorneys. I was already doing that stuff. This lady told me to my face. <laughs> she said, um, well, Mr. Story, uh, have you ever been to that branch? And I was like, uh, no, I haven't. And she said, I don't think you would be comfortable at that branch. So basically, she told me that they wouldn't be comfortable with me at that branch. And they went on and hired another woman. It was a white woman that they hired, but they hired somebody else who was less qualified because I knew who they hired. The lady started after me. Mm-hmm. She, didn't knew, she didn't know what I knew. So those are some of the challenges. And that's why I said I didn't want to go too deep into that. But those are some of the challenges that black men face just because of the fears of white society. They look at a black man as more threatening. So they might not put you in the same room with some of the white men. Yeah. Right? But mm-hmm. they'll look at a white a black woman as less threatening, more beautiful, more attractive, whatever, and not taking away anything from a black woman, because y'all are the man, y'all are killing the game. 
I ain't gonna lie. I, I see all the black women out here getting doctorates, getting, you know, becoming attorneys, judges, especially in Alabama. When black women are killing the game. And I would challenge black men to step up. Well, By any means necessary. And even though step up. You're, you're saying that we're killing the game, statistically, we see that black women still earn less than black men. That's because of the dangerous job situation. Well, but I think that it, I think those statistics will change very soon. So we got a comment from Leanne Antoine. He said a lot of people grew up without two parents, so the balance is off. If you grew up without a provider, how do you know how to provide or be provided for? Good question. I grew up without a father, so I have been winging it since day one. My wife's dad is the only role model I have had. But he didn't come in my life until I was 34. And I want to go back up to Tracy's comment uh, on Leanne Twine because her comment so, kind of goes hand in Okay, hand so Leanne Twine, that was a that was a great question, mm -hmm. right? So that goes back into leadership and positions. And because you're from Fairfield, you're going to understand what I'm about to say because we're from Fairfield. So in Fairfield, when the football team won or lost, who took them to Pizza Hut? And bought anybody from Fairfield Pizza. When y'all was coming up. When we was coming up. In the 80s. Back, <laughs> back in the day. <laughs> I'm just playing. So if you if you went to Fairfield, it didn't matter if you won or lost the game, if you didn't even play the sport, but you was there. And you go to Fairfield. The people that were paying for people to get eat free pizza were drug dealers. Yeah. They were drug dealers. This was the role models that we had. We didn't have people in the community, firefighters, attorneys, doctors doing that. Yeah. These were drug dealers. Mm -hmm. So guess what? The, guess who those kids looked up to? Drug dealers. Drug dealers. And that goes back to Tracy's comment because Tracy made the comment, and I wanted to say something about it earlier. Hold on. So to answer Leanne Torn's um, question is, now we can't do anything about the past. But Lee Antoine, you're doing your thing right now. And I see you. You know what I'm saying? So what we have to do now is be the people who go and pay for pizza for those kids. We got to we do that. We as black men. We got to do that. As entrepreneurs, as small business owners. Yeah, so but we she's can show them about, a different way. But she's talking about specific. I'm talking about Lee Antoine. Yeah. I know, but she, was, she mentioned specifically she? male. Lee Antoine. That's a dude. Oh, oh. Oh, Lee Antoine, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm like, who is she? <laughs> oh, hey, see, that's what happened when we don't have the we we start naming our kids. My bad, bro. She was homeschooled. <laughs> anyway, I want to talk about Tracy's comment because I think Tracy's comment goes with Leanne Twan's comment. Leanne mm -hmm. Twan, I'm so sorry. I really thought that was a girl name. Um, it was the lead that threw me off. I'm sorry. She said, if you have a, a hardworking, a good, provided, and loving father in your home growing up, you normally marry a man like your father. You marry your father. And and it really goes to Leanne Twan's comment that there's a lot of people who grow up who don't have a man in the home. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So it, having the expectation for men to come up, it's very hard when there are not male role models in their lives. And not saying we all know that statistics are skewed about black men growing <clears throat> up with fathers. You know, that fathers, there's this misconception that um, black fathers are not present when statistically 
if you go and research the statistics, more black men are involved in their children's lives, especially out of wedlock when you compare them to their white counterparts, right? So don't believe the hype, guys. Don't believe just don't what popular research media. Research yourself. There are more black fathers that are involved than you think. Mm -hmm. So don't believe the hype. Research it for yourself. But what I was going to say is... There's a good, very good video out called What Black Men Think. It's an old video. It's an old video. But my mentor showed me that a long time ago. It broke down all the statistics. Like, more black men going to college, I think it was in 2000, early 2000s, there was more black going, men going to college than anybody. But you don't hear those statistics. Mm -hmm. You don't hear it. What you do hear is that there's more black men going to jail than anybody. Okay. That's the statistics that you hear. You but give I'm me off. You give me off. My bad, bro. So my point and what I was saying is... No, you're not going to tangent with that that if you look at the values today and the things that have changed where it used to be um, really desirable for women who had not had multiple sexual partners, who uh, came untouched and who were a virgin, that's no longer as valuable to many people. Like, you you know, me and Lamar watch, Ooh. well, just think about it. When we was watching that show, Married at First Sight, right? When the um, guy found out that his wife, I think it was season 10 on Married at First Sight. Maybe season, maybe season 9. He said, I don't want a virgin. He didn't want, well, that was the most recent show. We yeah. watching the, the current show, I think it's season 12, right? But this was like season 10. When he found out his wife was a virgin, it really changed his perspective of how he was moving in that marriage. Because he didn't want to be the one to sleep with her and take her virginity if he when he already knew, he wasn't quite sure if that was the woman for him, right? And then we look at, fast forward to season 12, wow, and you had men specify that deep. they did not want a virgin because they wanted permission to be able to sleep with this woman. Because married at first sight, when you when you meet the woman, you're married. And so that gives them this, this notion that, hey, I have this sexual freedom because she's technically my wife. So me being sexually in, in, engaging with this person is okay because we're quote unquote married, right? Mm -hmm. And so it really highlights for you that people specifying they don't want a virgin versus saying, I would love a woman who's actually saved herself from marriage. That really means that she has taken this this bow and commitment serious is no longer as valuable. And so when you think about that, you have so many people today engaging in intercourse and fornication. If we, for us church people who grew up in church, fornicate. Fornicate. Right? Stepping out before before you found you a man. And because of that, you having a lot more babies. Right? I remember being in the eighth grade and four people either having a child or being pregnant when we graduated from the eighth grade right so that means there's a whole lot of kids being raised in homes because your eighth grade love nine times out of ten is not the person that you end up with and so you got all these single mamas because they're what they say mama's baby daddy's maybe mm. right i have a question that i want to pose to the people that are watching right now and it goes back to the, the youtube video that i mentioned earlier when he said men we're looking for a woman who can provide etiquette and raise our children to show them values and morals. Are we losing that? Are we losing those women? I think we're losing like, are, the are women people. Bringing those, are women bringing that to the table now? You know what I'm saying? Like, are women even ready 
to just say, you know what? I'm going to take responsibility in raising these children with these children with values, morals, showing them etiquette, and encouraging them to save themselves till they get married. I don't think we're losing it. I'm going to say this. When you're a baby and you have a baby, you can't teach them something you haven't even gotten to the age to understand. To understand. Yeah. Right? Like the person that I am here at 38 years old, at 38 years old, is not the same person I was when we married at 22. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So the things that I really understand and have come to really value are not the same from when I was 22. And I also think that, you know, we really don't acknowledge as young adults like when we go to college we think we think we're grown we hear people say all the time as soon as they hit 18 baby i'm grown you can't tell me what to do i've said it right i remember being 18 19 years old saying i left my mom and daddy at home i'm grown but the reality is we may be chronologically legal a legal adult and we may be considered grown by society standards to engage in the world as an adult and give consent but we don't have the mindset and we have not developed emotionally and mentally to where we can actually make decisions if men are still developing and can grow in terms of height and weight and things like that until they're 21 years old why in the world do we think that we can raise children at that age and instilling them values and morals. And then as we look at this society of trying to be accepting and encompassing of all people, and I'm not knocking that, right? But that the more and more we try to widen, widen this, this um, I don't even know what to call it, to widen our, our rules and our values to be all-inclusive, I feel like the more we've let go of things that have really kept us tied to morality. Yeah, you know what lost. I'm saying? You just lost. Yeah, we are losing things. Yeah. The more we try to say, okay, this person's not a Christian, let's take prayer out of school. You know, or this person is offended by this language, so let's make these things gender fluid. Or uh, you know, girls who feel like they were born male who are transgender people not saying that they are not transgender people but the more we try to widen our values and our rules and and our box to be all inclusive so we don't step on anybody's toes the more and more we lose sight of morality because there has to be some type of guide for good and evil but the other thing is if we go back to the days where we were really tied to these rigid values, there were a lot of people that were mistreated and abused or oppressed. So it we really focused on the people who were. Maybe it was the we system that as worked. black people were re abused. Oh yeah, because, I understand that. You know, but I think a lot of times we focus on that part, mm -hmm. whereas it could be a part that says, you know what, this was a system that worked. Mm -hmm. There was value in being a homemaker. Right, there was value in raising a kid to go to college and beyond. Mm -hmm. It was value in that, and there was a circle of women who valued that. But look, look at Kim's comment. She said, "Back in the day, many women that were homemakers were unhappy because of the men were cheating and abusive." I don't think we're losing the women that want to 
uh, do that. They just don't want to be under a man's thumb and financial independence was how that happened. I totally agree with you. That was a lot about why women were trying to get out the house and earn their own money. And I think we need to find the statistics on that. I think we need to find the statistics on how many... Because a man... No, I'm just saying... No, really. I just want to know. Baby, let me tell you something. (laughs) No, really, I want to know. Like, what are the statistics on the people that were abused? The people were that was mistreated because it could have been a partnership. Hold on, men controlled the statistics back in the day. If women were not allowed to work and women were not allowed in places of education, they wouldn't have been. So how far back? Hold on, I ain't going that far back. I understand what you're talking about. Black people have only been able to have certain liberties since what, like a hundred? We ain't been slaves for how many years? A hundred and something years. So let me ask you this: You're saying that there is not a case where couples agreed to say, "Hey, you're going to be the homemaker. I'm going to be the provider, and this system will work." I'm not saying that, but I'm saying if you go back to statistics, I'll even take my let let me. And I know you don't like for me to get personal, but if I even think about our own grandparents' stories, as recent as our grandparents, the people who have existed in our lifetime, my grandmother was 13 when she married a man who had already been married and already had children whose children was, was older than she then. was exactly but it was also common because parents married their children off to men who could provide their children a good future or who brought the family up economically right. you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. so even if we research statistics because society was ran by men the statistics still may be skewed now I will say if the statistics are from current research studies or more current research studies, you may find that they may be more accurate because people can go through, you know, census and things like that to really get a grasp of society, go through articles, and then they basically take qualitative studies versus quantitative studies. But the reality is back in the day, Thank you. No one was recording in Lamar. There are statistics. Kim Kim Reeves said there are statistics from then. Laughing out loud. I love y'all in this, in this discussion. Look, I love you too, man. <laughs> That's my dude right there. You know, I'm going to I'm gonna have to snatch him. Like, but I'm just to, saying, I'm though. Snatch like, him. I'm just saying, and you, Kim, and Tamika, I'm not saying it didn't happen. I'm just saying how often. Because, like I told you, like I have a friend of mine that I know, an associate. That she's very happy being a homemaker. Yeah, and there are a lot of There's women no who are abuse. happy being homemakers. This dude pays for her to do this. He do this. He winds a diner. She raised the kids. She cooks. She cleans. And she worked. She said, I worked before that. She's like, I love what I'm doing now. She said, and now, so I'm just saying that I think sometimes that, of course, that has happened. I'm not taking that away. There were abusive relationships back in the day. But just because men were were groomed to be providers, that don't mean all of them were abusive. No, but let me give you a different. Let me give you a a different perspective, right? Because happiness, we know, is all about your perspective. It's all about what you choose to resonate on, or, or that resonates with you, right? So. You have women who will stay with men who will cheat on them, who will run through countless women because they're a provider, because they ain't got to work, because all their needs are met. 
And they'll say things like, I'm happy because at least he don't beat on me. You got women who say, I can go wherever. Now, I'm, hold in 2021. Hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Don't you got men say the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> 2021, you got me saying the same thing. She cheating on me, she provide for me. But as I'm long just, as she don't beat on me. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just being real, though. Like, the reality is, you got people out here who feel like I'll be a homemaker. And I got the freedom to go wherever I want to go, buy whatever I want to buy. I don't have to stress about where my next meal going to come from. I got a summer house. You know, now, there's very few women. But I'm just saying, you got women out here that... Let's not even say they have summer house. Just all their needs are being met, right? And their husband may not even be faithful to them. They may not even be emotionally fulfilled. But the thing is, they don't want to stress about work. They want to just be able to focus on taking care of their children. And because he treats her like a queen in terms of buying her things and giving her things that make her happy, but he may dibble and dabble with women on the side and be unfaithful, they are content. So, again... And I don't want to dwell on this too long. That happened. Yeah. Right? Happened or Happened happens. or and happened. Hmm. But there's another side I'm, I'm, to where people can come together and agree that I'm going to be the provider and you're going to stay at home and take care of the children. And that. it becomes a, an agreement that friend. satisfies the whole situation when there's no abuse. Mm -hmm. That's all I'm saying. I it's don't disagree. Okay. I don't disagree. All right, boom. Let's move on. Nigga. <laughs> so we can say, but wait, but I'm just, I'm, no, I'm just really wanting to emphasize though that being a homemaker in the books may be been seen as esteemed, but was it really? That's all I'm saying. But Tamika, you supposed to be my friend, Tamika Hard. Like you supposed, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Jessica See, said, that's abusive. You can't do that to Tamika. <laughs> what? Don't be abuse. Auntie Maylee said, Tiffany, you are right. Thank uh, you, yeah, Auntie. Yeah. Thank uh, you. She already like you. A <laughs> <laughs> marriage now. <laughs> so, let, so, at the end of the day, getting back to the conversation, is it really worth it when you think about all these statistics that we laid out about how many men and or how many people in general earn six figures? Compared to the number of women who earn six figures and men who earn six figures, the median income for men and black families in general. When you think about it and you're in a relationship, let's say that the man is not abusive because that doesn't count um, for this scenario. Let's say that the man is not cheating on you. Is it really worth it to leave a marriage where there may just be issues with communication, where there may be some issues with finances. And I don't know if finances is a big deal. If you come home and your lights off and you ain't got food in the fridge to feed your kids because your man gambling, let's say he don't have any real issues that endanger your family financially or physically or emotionally or mentally. Well, let's just say financially and physically. He may have some communication issues because that, that can impact you emotionally and mentally. Is it really worth it to exit out of your relationship or leave this relationship or even be unfaithful and step out of relationship thinking that you're going to get another man that's going to bring to the table something better than the current man that you with? Because at the end and of the end day, up like Kevin Samuel died, said, dying alone. Baby. I see too many beautiful, successful 
black women who are alone. And unhappy. Guys, I, okay, so we've been doing this over an hour. So I want to leave with something to encourage you guys. And, um... Oh, I got something too. Um, something to encourage you guys to kind of... To have this at the top, top of mind when you're thinking about the dating pool and relationships, right? So, um, Dr. Harville Hendricks, Dr. Helen Hunt, and, uh... Marriage and family therapist Amy McMahon said there's 10 things that women look for in Mr. Right. You gonna talk about So dudes, I want you to take notes. I'm just gonna like, I ain't gonna talk about them, probably. But <laughs> I'm gonna just, you know, kind of run through them because we, we've been on the hour right now. So number one, guys, if the chemistry is not there, number one is chemistry. If chemistry is not there, let it go. If the chemistry ain't dead, let it go. Stop trying to pursue her. She don't feel the chemistry with you. You don't You don't feel the chemistry with her. All right, Tamika, we got your submission next topic. <laughs> if the chemistry is not there, guys, let it go. You have to, women are drawn to attraction, right? If, you, if she's not attracted to you and you keep trying to pursue her, it's just going to get ugly. Especially in Birmingham. We don't need that. <laughs> you know? So just let it go. Or make yourself more attractive. There's another aspect to it. How do you make yourself more attractive? Be clean cut. Right? Check the way you dress. We ain't living in the 80s no more, young man. Pull your pants up. Put a belt on. Make yourself more attractive. for the so person. so funny when your husband start sounding like your granddaddy. Put a, put a belt so on. Your pull your pants up, young man. All right, number two, vulnerability. Put your ego to the side and be vulnerable. So in this aspect, people are talking about how men can be vulnerable, right? And allowing, Tony Wiley said, attraction is not just looks. So, Tony, I'm looking at, these are the experts right in this. Hey. Hey, Tony. <laughs> but uh, attraction is not just looks. If you know the person. If you don't know the person, the first thing you'll be, the first thing you see is what you see, right? So if they're coming to you and they're trying to holler at you and you don't know them, you don't work with them, you're not in class with them, you're not around them all the time to where you get to know their personality, the first thing that appeals to you is chemistry, one, because chemistry can overlook looks, mm -hmm. and two, is the physical appearance. If it's something that you're not attracted to, you're not going to want to be bothered with it. Now, if you already know them, then granted, they can overwhelm you and overcome you with their personality. It was like, oh, this person's funny. I've got to know them. They're very smart. And boom, 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 boom. They might not be physically what you're looking for. Because we're but... animals first. I mean, we keep trying to deny the fact that there's an animalistic component to us. But, but honestly, it's pheromones or going back to the peacock. Which peacock has the best feathers? So that's attractiveness, physical yeah. attractiveness. We are mammals. We are animalistic. We have sides of ourselves that are innate that we cannot override. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day, even though we know that attractiveness is not just looks, the reality is because we are animals, we notice the peacock with the, the, the nicest feathers first. Number three, guys, stability. A woman wants to know that you're stable in three areas, right? You're financially stable. 
you're emotionally stable, and this is one that I kind of just learned, relationally stable. So what does that mean? That means that you're predictable and you're reliable. They know that, okay, if I mess around and have a baby by this person, they're actually going to actually stay in there and take care of us, right? So women want to know that you're stable, and they don't want you flying off the handle. If y'all making uh, have an argument, I want you standing up in the middle of the restaurant threatening to slap them. And this so, women, these these are just for women too. This is right. not just um for men. So Tony says she's evolved. So let me ask you this, Tony. And I want to ask you this question. If a guy came up to you that didn't check off anything on your list, you I do not this. know them. You did not know their personality. No one has introduced you to them. You're telling me that you would give him a shot. That's what you're telling me. And I'm pretty sure a lot of guys have approached you. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure you ain't gave a lot of them a tell, shot. Tell him, mind his business. Don't be putting your business in the <laughs> All right, number four, <laughs> equality. And some of us Thank you, um, struggle with this. But I think the new man doesn't struggle with this as much. A lot, a lot of, How? A, a How lot do you of, say that when you saying Kevin or such and such or whatever his dude. name is? But he not just one dude because then you sent me another video then your friend sent you the video and he shared the same thing. I also said Dr. O, doc, no, he sent you the video of Greg. It was a different video of a different man and then said that he agreed with Dr. Umar. And so that tells me that it's not just one person. That men are not looking for equality because we just said men who tend to be high earning men are looking for women who can bring the same thing to the table. So you think about financially? No, I'm just saying it, even if they can cook clean, like on one specific video, he was like, let me tell you what high earning. So it you relate have... equality to financial and cooking and cooking and job. No, equality meaning that they're, co what do you relate equality like to? Like I look at you as an equal. Okay. All right. You're a professional. Even though you do more of the things around the house mm -hmm. than I do, mm -hmm. I still look at you as equal. Your opinion matters. Some of the things that you, your choices dominate some of the scenarios in our household. But why am I equal to you? Like, mm -hmm. if you think about why. Because I, I look at you as a, I, I'm not, I'm not the type of guy that says, nah, whatever you just said don't matter because this is what I want to do. Mm -hmm. I actually take into consideration what you say. And that's what they mean by You're equality. You're not answering my question. What? My question is, why am I equal? You you just keep telling me that I am an equal. Yeah, in the inside look. <laughs> but the question is, like, if I was to say why you're my equal, it would say that you're an adult so who has... No, I'm just saying. Mm -hmm. Like, if I'm answering the question... So you want me to answer the question in the way that you want it No, answered. you're not answering my question. No. Excuse us, y'all, while we have a sidebar conversation. You're not answering my question because my thing is I'm asking you why do you consider my equal? Or why am I considered your this equal? this is why men are confused. Baby, so, stop. Stop. No, for real. Seriously. Uh -huh. So if, you're ask, if I'm asking you why am I considered your equal, it is a certain thing. It's like, let me shift it to another question that may help you. Like, how can someone rebuild your trust or what does trust look like to you? Right. Mm -hmm. And if I say answer that question, we'd be like, in order for somebody to present themselves as trustworthy, they have to be consistent. They have to be a person of their word. Da, 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 right. 
So if I'm asking you, why am I your equal? The answer should be something along the lines of you're an adult who has similar life experience or this is what makes you qualified to be an equal. Like your child is not going to be considered your equal because they don't have the same life experience and different things like that. You're telling me how much you value me, but you're not really telling me why I'm your equal in this relationship. I got you. All right, number five. <laughs> <laughs> number five. <laughs> Hold on, we read that. Alicia Hill said, "My uh, excellent discussion. My last relationship was was with a narcissist, who appeared to be everything I desired, including my support, because I was very ill. His mask slipped, and a whole other person was revealed. It was a nightmare. Even now, as I hear things about him, including being terribly financially responsible and returning to a stalker, I am shocked. I am thankful that he was revealed before a legal commitment." Oh, Man, that's deep. Charlie. That's deep. Um, number five, awareness. So, awareness by this, based on what I've heard from Kevin Samuel, how about you men don't want to hear you? They don't want you. They don't want your equal. Okay, you gotta take that up with him. Uh, <laughs> I love you, Kevin. But number five is awareness, right? Awareness. In this article, what they mean is that they want men to actually be open to being influenced by their spouse. So they want to, they want men to be more aware of the influences women can give them and not just the other way around, right? Mm -hmm. And the people that I've talked to and the people that are in my circle, they have very strong women behind them, mm -hmm. right? that have pushed them to be more than they are. I even think about Michelle and Barack Obama. You know what I'm saying? I think about Lamar and Tiffany's story. It's like these are the women who push us to be more than what we thought we could be. Mm -hmm. And you become aware of that and you're more accepting to that. Mm -hmm. So men, these, they have to be a little bit more open. This is what men, are, I mean, women are looking for, fellas. Emotional presence. So be emotionally present when they're talking to you, when they are, um, don't be on your cell phone, actually listen, react. I even told my friend, some, I was talking to somebody the other day. I said, look, when you're having this conversation, take notes. Mm -hmm. And I said, if you're taking notes on your phone, let them know, hey, I'm writing down what you're saying to me on my phone. I ain't just texting or posting on social media. That shows to them that, hey, that you really care about how they feel. And you're going to try to record this so you can be aware. It goes back to awareness. I want to know y'all opinion about that. We could talk about that later. Yeah. But how would you feel if during a discussion, your man is taking notes about the discussion? No. Um, curiosity. So when I say curiosity, fellas, I'm going to be curious about all the other women. <laughs> be curious about her, but it's a fine line of curiosity that women are looking for. According to this article, this is not me, this is this article. It's two doctors, marriage and family therapists, right? Mm -hmm. They say that women want to know that you're curious about them. Mm -hmm. What the decisions they make, right? Why do they dress a certain way? Why do they participate in certain organizations that they participate in? Mm -hmm. um, 
you know, they want you to be curious about their actions. And I say it's a fine line because you can't be domineering of their decisions, right? You can't be like, well, why you got that dress on? What made you wear that dress? You know what I'm saying? So it's a it's a fine line not between curious, not curious in an antagonizing way. Basically. Right. You can be curious as to what led to that decision, but not in a way that's a negative way. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, protectiveness. Women want to feel like they are some with someone that they are um, that can protect them. So get your muscles up. <laughs> no, it's just playing. But really, women want to feel secure. If y'all go out on a date. They don't want to think that you're going to run and something pop off. You know what I'm saying? They want to feel like you man enough. And I even had to second guess saying that because all the other stuff that's going on. They want to feel like that you can protect them in any situation. Mm-hmm. Um, Leanne Twan, in history, real history, the black woman was the most valuable commodity on the planet Earth. That's right. The black king had to consult with her and get her blessing for anything they had to do with the family. The value of the woman has been downgraded because of the environment, influence, or what they have seen growing up. I totally agree. Tony said totally she wants an emotional protection. Yeah. I totally agree with Leanne Antoine, especially in our culture. Even now, mm-hmm. nobody disrespects Big Mom. Period. Mm-hmm. You don't disrespect her house. You don't disrespect anything that's going on. You can be 50 years old. And Big Mama tell you to do something, you do it. Yep. Ain't no disrespect. I'm gonna be Big you don't Mama, cuss but I'm gonna be little in front of Big Mama. You can be fifty, and you only and that's and I don't know if that's just our culture or if that's in every culture. I think it's ours, but we always it's look at the black ours. woman as the queen of the household. Yeah, I mean, you have Asian people who respect elders. You also have Hispanics who elders in the family have you know high regard. So it's not just black culture. Mm-hmm. Um. Now, Sally, I think we're starting to see this younger generation not understanding that. Yes. And I think we're starting to see this younger generation coming to the house with their pants down. You be like, That's because Big Mama 30. Big Mama is 35. Yo, Big Mama, yo, Big Mama, yo, yo, Gigi, yo, Glamma, all (laughs) of them is not even, they not even baby boomers no more. Yeah. You ain't got no big mama. You got a glamour and a Gigi. No, no, not to y'all Gigi's and glamours out there. <laughs> I'm just saying, yeah. big mamas are not like older women who've been through marriage and have had um, multiple kids and who have adult children and great grandchildren. Your big mama now, no, now don't, want, don't even want to be called grandma. Yeah, don't want to be called grandma. And you gotta think the word itself. Her grandmother. Mm-hmm. Grand. Father, grand is a thousand, if I'm correct. So you take that. You are correct. You Grand, that means you have the wisdom of a thousand mothers. Grandfather, you have the wisdom of a thousand fathers. Mm-hmm. And we got these young, these young generations sometimes not respecting that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, and I think it's left up to us to teach them the way again. Um, We're going to try to wrap up here, y'all. We got two all right, more so points. nine. Nine is acceptance, right? Um, women want to feel accepted. You know what I'm saying? They want to feel like you're not judging them. They don't want to feel like you're, you know what I'm saying, over them and all this. So they want to be accepted. Accepted. Ten is assertiveness. 
So even though there's a fine line, guys, but women still like for you to be assertive. Not aggressive, but assertive. Explain the difference. Of course, he gonna put me on. Yeah, because I oh feel my. like you wanted to. I was listening Go to ahead. you and admiring the progress you was making. You was getting some, dropping some gems. Um, so the difference between assertiveness and being aggressive, assertive, assertiveness is being able to communicate in a way that is respectful of someone else's opinion, um, but in a way that they can understand, right? Assertive is being able to communicate what you desire without offending someone else or without being harsh or rigid. Whereas when you're being aggressive, aggressive is is what it is. You know, a lot of times you're either being rigid or you're not considering the other person's feelings or you're using a tone that doesn't um that suggests that you don't care. But assertive is really being able to assert yourself, yeah. be able to communicate what it is that you desire in a way that is respectful. And that can meet both people's needs. Yeah. That's the like, best. Tiffany don't like rubbing my feet. All right. I'm just giving you an example. So. I don't do I, feet, bro. So I can be like, look, when I get back, I need my feet rubbed. Period. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it's like, I already know she don't like rubbing my feet. So that's assertiveness. That's assertiveness. It can be something like a lot of men don't tend to really ask for from their wife. Well, I'm from set their you relationship. Up <laughs> appreciate 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 that lead to her. but <laughs> assertiveness can be like so every once in a while you do have to put your foot down and I don't know what is it that's about a the horrible si example. no listen okay that's just an example <laughs> but um what is it um about to me she said you need to work on that <laughs> she said I might need to work that's what she said oh I'm oh, sorry yeah but um <laughs> she read my mind <laughs> But, uh, girl, you made me lose my I'm sorry. Thought. I'm sorry. Jesus. It's just about the foot rubbing. Like, that's not assertiveness. But, no, every once in a while, you have to put your foot down. I don't know what is it psychologically that, you you know, you have a powerful woman. We Right now, the modern man is dealing with the most, black man is dealing with some of the most powerful women right now. But they do love when you put your foot down every once in a while. Yes, but don't let Lamar set y'all up for failure about what assertiveness looks like, okay? Assertiveness is not putting your foot down. Assertiveness is about effective communication. So the difference in assertiveness and aggressiveness is saying, I really don't want to go eat at uh, Cracker Barrel today. You know that I don't like southern cooked food what i would like to eat is tacos aggressiveness is i'm not eating cracker barrel another time i already told you a thousand times that i want to go eat here that's the difference between assertiveness and aggressiveness is the manner in which you communicate is asserting yourself and being you know using the right tone um quantum vortex energy that's an interesting name it says, when it comes to relationship advice, men give women excellent advice because it's based on empirical evidence and truth. Oh, mm. uh, you don't like that, huh? No, I, I agree with you about well, why advice. You saying, what, what was the face about? See, that's what you call a Freudian slip, guys. So a Freudian slip is when you like your initial reaction <laughs> we go that you don't really, really try to do, but it comes out anyway, and that's your true feelings. 
The whole true feelings was, uh, and what was that? Because it said that when it comes to relationship advice, men give women excellent advice. So it I'm, was I'm, what wasn't said, but I don't disagree with you. I so I'm going to go off of what, I don't know if that's advice. a he or she, but I'm going to go off of what Quantum Vortex Energy said. Um, and then Quant- it says, hold on, women give horrible advice. Because women give women. Women, horrible advice because it's based on emotion, envy, jealousy, hormones, magic, and fantasy. Women love to sabotage each other. By the way, I'm a woman. Oh. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Quantum, for so I was just, that. I was just about to say that, though. See, I'm going to need to look up Quantum Vortex Energy because we need... <laughs> but no, it goes back to everybody hyping everybody up to say that they are 10. Now, I understand. Yes. Girlfriends, we do that. You I understand... Having confidence mm-hmm. in who you are, mm-hmm. but at the same time, be a little bit realistic. Tony Wiley, assertiveness is necessary for good good leadership, and I like to let leaders lead. Period. Period. Tip with a T. Period. All right, Tony. We agree on something. We're going to let this conversation <laughs> die because we could be here all day. I but. appreciate everybody's feedback and you guys tuning in to the conversation. Um, I'd be interested in to, Yeah, we hot. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what we talk about next week. I wish I could tell you. I'm not sure what next week's topic is. I'll come up with some because we're coming up with some five topics. You see how he just took credit for that. Anyway, we have really enjoyed y'all tonight. You know, share the podcast. You know, drop some suggestions if there are topics or discussions that you guys would like to talk about. Drop it on our Facebook page or our YouTube page, Living the Stress Life Podcast. We're on Instagram and Twitter. And I know some of you don't comment, so I've had... um, YouTube Quantum, thank you. Thank you. I've had some people send me messages and say they don't comment because they married and people can see the comments, Mm. but they have questions. So email us. Direct message. Yeah, direct message, email. We won't call you out. We won't say your name or anything like that. So um, go ahead and email us and uh, give them the email. Uh, connect at livingthestresslife.com. And also you can messenger us. Uh, follow Living the Stress Life on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, if you listen to podcasts, uh, we're on iTunes, Google Play. Uh, Spotify. And yeah, yeah, so follow us on there and send us messages through there too. So, y'all, that's it for us. Until next time, live your best life. Living through your stress life. Bye. Bye.